0: This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by Intervarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at ivpress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Hey, y'all. It's Akemini. And it's Christina. From Truth Table. And you all have been asking us ways that you can actually partner and support Truth Table. And we have now created a Patreon.
1: Hey, this is the deal. We need your help. We need your resources to make this happen. Go on over to patreon.com slash and partner with this work.
0: Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McCamney. I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, See How you doing, girl? I'm doing well on this day, E. How are you? I'm good, y'all. Um, you know, our season is winding down. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, tears, tears, <laughs> tears. <laughs> like I think, um, so, they all right, they all right. <laughs> <laughs> It is winding down, but you know, before we exit, we we realize we're like. <gasps> We haven't done a Pass the Mic Truth Table crossover. It's so terrific. this is a Pass the Table episode, y'all. Hey, you hey. the charms. I feel like we dun, need like dun,
2: a, a dun. bass.
0: Like we need some drums or something. So, <laughs> so drop the drums, y'all. Uh- <laughs>
3: yeah, something African. Something African. There you go. Yes. What's hot yes. going on Afrobeats.
2: Afrobeats. Come
0: on. Come on. Come on. Uh, so we got Jamar, Tisby, and Tyler Burns at the table. Yeah, What's do. up, brothers?
2: It's oh, so it's good to talk to, to you, y'all. Got y'all are so on point talking about seasons and themes and everything. <laughs> like, got it mapped out. You're sending me text messages. He's like, "Come on <laughs> <laughs> We learning from y'all. We learning no, from no, you. No, that, that, that's Continuous. the
1: perception of decency and order. The <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's
0: the perception. Mm-hmm. Inception. Oh, that's a word.
1: That's a word
3: right there.
0: That's a word. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so we were like, let's do a little uh a past the table um e- episode if we can for the people. You know, we try, we try to give the sisters what they want, you know. So uh Em can join us today because she's doing all this building black political power, and y'all yeah. know we need Amazing. that for 2020. Yes, uh, help us, today, Lord today, help us, Lord God, <laughs> today. Um, <laughs> So this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about um, what is on the table is actually building tables, okay? Right. And so we were kind of talking, uh, all of us in our group chat, and we're like, what are we going to talk about, y'all? <laughs> uh, literally, this is that one. And Christina was like, building tables. I was like, okay. Um, so see, Jesus, too. she said
3: building tables because he was a carpenter, and then you put it in the <laughs> <laughs> It was real Christocentric, it was really theological, right? Real that, right. That's
1: exactly. It, that's it. Oh, yes, from the tables of the cross. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Come there, you go, there you go. There you go. So, so
0: see, what, 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 what. What motivates you? What inspired you me to, to say pick that? this?
1: <laughs> so we've talked about this before, and I don't know if we've done this in a crossover episode, but certainly I know TT mm-hmm. has talked about um, how we how we negotiate where we speak or where we serve and what we do independently, what we yes. build for ourselves, and where we feel um, you know kind of the the liberty to collaborate or to function in a more like co-belligerent way. Um, and when it's time to just say like, no, Black people need to build mm-hmm. their own table on this and right. not wait for an invite or refuse an invite or mm-hmm. um, say yes with some significant conditions. Right. So mm-hmm. um, so th- I think that was probably what I was percolating about um, was that backdrop. And we've discussed it before, but I thought, wouldn't it be cool to discuss it again with the brothers at the table? So.
0: Mm, <laughs> the brothers. Yes, so, you yes. brothers, y'all, y'all are at Truth's table. Mm. Um, talk to us about what building a table means for y'all and how y'all have done that.
3: Mm. We should say how we're doing it. You know, <laughs>
1: well, I think we're yes. still uh, table, doing. Table that's today. true.
3: Yeah. Every every week, Jamar and I, we have this conversation about, and it seems like it really is every week, every every few days about how we're doing in this area. And we're constantly taking an inventory of whether or not we're doing it in a dignifying way, mm-hmm. in a Christ-honoring way, right. mm-hmm. um, and in a way that can be emulated for other people, and in a way that's healthy for our team. So there's just so many dynamics because there's an internal conversation, then there's an external conversation as well. Mm-hmm. But I think two years ago, Jamar and I made the commitment that this is where we're going to shift. We're going to shift toward building our own table rather than collaborating with maybe a larger majority cultural organization Mm -hmm. um, or something that already existed because we felt, I I don't know, we felt the impetus that that was where God was calling us, but also Mm -hmm. that it was what the moment required. So it's what this particular um, season in the body of Christ and also um, in America requires of us. Um, Mm -hmm. So Jamar can probably talk to the, the contours historically, but it's something that we we are continually revisiting okay. and trying to process. So I don't want to make it seem like we've done it or we've done it super well, but we're we're attempting to do it um, by mm. God's grace.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I think definitely from a historical perspective, these are not new questions for Black people, um, and not only just in the U.S. worldwide. So, uh, just speaking of the 20th century, right, we can think of movements like um, Marcus Garvey's uh, Universal Negro Improvement Association, um, and and the idea that there was this Pan African unity, and that if we bonded together, we actually had immense political. And economic power. And so they started a shipping line, a newspaper, they had these huge parades in Harlem, and it was all black, 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 black. And, um, you know, that was many scholars argue, the largest uh, black led and Black Association in the 20th century. It claimed, according to their records, you know, like a million members across the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very popular. And then um, right. when you move on up to the 60s and 70s, of course, you have the civil rights movement, but the Black Power movement really emphasized building our own tables. They really emphasized building their own institutions. Um, electing their own officials, getting local control. So all of this builds up to the same things we're facing in the 21st century, especially in times of heightened racial, racial tension like we had with the 2016 election, like we had with the Black Lives Matter movement. And, it, and, and, and what happens in those times of racial tension is that Black people realize that, okay, we we were making progress and we have made progress, but the boundaries are still very tight. What we can mm. do and the realm of possibility as we are minorities within predominantly white institutions, be those churches or universities or or corporations, it's extremely prohibited because uh, mm. our concerns are not the priority for the majority. And mm. so we need to build our own tables, which is what the witness is trying to do and pass the mic and and all of this stuff. So yeah, we we're we're in a long stream of uh black people who are trying to sort out this question.
0: Yeah, and I think um that's good because I think for us with regard to truth table, mm. I know that um, I mean I, I think well I don't know that we even <laughs> I think when we set out you know, to do a podcast, I mean we didn't really know really what a podcast was like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't we didn't now. really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I always this is funny. These are my confessions. Okay. Um, I always say, and I think Tyler's heard me say this before. I'm like, you want to hide something from me, put it in a podcast. She don't listen to yes. no
3: podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> be dropping oh, podcast links and she wow. just ignores me. Oh. Like, did you listen to that? She's I'd like, be like, mm-hmm.
0: next I was like, what else y'all talking I about know. in the chat? I I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's no, terrible. Real talk. these are my confessions. I just real I don't, I don't, really, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, anyway. so, but when we did this, I mean I, I think for us, you know, we are all um Ministers in different capacities, like you know, of course, we're prophet, priest, and king, you know. Um, and we all have different reasons why we come to the table. The three of us, uh, uh, uh myself, Michelle, and Christina, um, we all have our own individual ministries, uh, okay. and intentions for why we come, uh, but the synergy. Um, and the the unity lies in the fact that we love Jesus, we love the gospel, um, and we realize that this is more than a podcast. You know, we realize that it's a ministry um, and we approach it um, with the gravity that that requires. Um, and it just reminds me of the fact that, I mean, there's always, well, maybe not always, but sometimes there's these opportunities where people want to, you, know, uh, you know, bring you in, either tokenize you, you know, Um, and and weaponize your melanin do all these sorts of things but I think we knew at the end of the day (laughs) weaponizing the melanin all right you know know? Uh, but I think at the end of the day we knew that in the words of Alice Walker you know we are the ones we've been waiting for, mm, you right, know, um, right. it, it, we got next, you know, it's, it's on us, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're always looking around like, who's going to fix this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Mm. You know, um, and, and we created, uh, by God's grace, um, uh, we, we created a space, you know, um, for, um, our sisters in the struggle and not just our sisters, you know what I'm saying? There, there's a whole host of people, um, that come to the table, uh, you know, uh, outside of our specific demographic, which is black women. Um, and they come and they eavesdrop and they have standing room and they come and they listen, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're, they're fed by God's grace, you know, but we, by the end of the day, I think we always ultimately realize that this is God's table that he built you know um and we know it ain't gonna last forever <laughs>
2: right.
0: we don't know you know God builds stuff up and he dismantles it when he wants to but I think sure. that we um, by God's grace we try we yield to the spirit and we try to discern where God you know is leading us or, or wanting us you know to discuss and talk about um even when they're hard issues like you know like like this season, Starting with UO cases, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That, we did that because we know we ain't okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. for a awesome. um, <laughs> for a whole lot of reasons, you know. Um, so anyway, so I I think um, so it's been very humbling. This this table building has been a humbling um experience because it's been clear that it's actually not, has not been done by the three of us within our own strength. It was it's really yeah. God's table, and <laughs> God has shown us that. Through many, many trials
1: over the seasons, right, C? Sure, facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep.
3: And I'm, I'm glad you said that though, E, because I think that's been, if, you, if we want to talk about personal kind of obstacles to actually building tables and mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. moving that direction, the first obstacle I think for me and had this conversation a lot privately is, do I even have the right to do this? And I think mm-hmm. it just was yeah. so ingrained in me that someone else will do it or someone else should okay it in the sense of this is how it's always been done, or this is the typical path. And so you must follow these steps. And so I think just realizing that my voice had value and then realizing that regardless, because of the way that the Lord positioned us, regardless of whether or not we were willing, people were following. And so we had to look up and say, well, we have to do something with, we have to be self-aware with what God has called us to and mm-hmm. where he's placed us. Yes, And and I think that self-awareness is coupled with the the humility that, you know, this is not your own thing. This is not done in your own strength. This is not yes. to advance your name, um, but only for him. And so that that was the initial hurdle for me is saying, do I even have the right to do this? And having that conversation of, you know, I don't qualify myself. So I don't justify right, myself. Right. I don't I don't right. stand up and put myself on the platform that it's God who maneuvers that. And so if he's given whatever platform that is, small or big, I have to walk in that mm. um, in his strength. So that was actually, when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's actually the first, that was the first step for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hear stewardship of opinion. Yeah, no, but and I was, gonna, you know, I was gonna say um and yet even mm-hmm. even while acknowledging that it is it's God's hand at work to build and to tear down as God wills, yep. you can see um, God working through, right? God's providence and shaping oh, yeah. people's gifts, experiences, redeeming traumas and experiences yes. um, that God knits together these very natural, um, natural parts of who we are. Uh, academic parts, mm-hmm. uh, lived experiences of who we are um, while supernaturally moving things around to make these things come to pass. This this table. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like a, there's not like a magic wand phenomenon. Like there's legitimate, there is real, you know, even though we, we minimize sometimes, I think our own natural gifts that we bring to this. Uh,
0: sure. And I think, no, sure. I think
1: good. Pastor Mike does. So and I think certainly Truth's Table That's does good. too. And um, as to not appear... Um, And I'm with Michelle, you know, low ego, um, high impact. Right. And and Mm -hmm. amen. That is true. You know, we we serve a savior who fully embodies that um, for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, we need to give thanks to God for the ways in which God has knit together our gifts and our voices. Even, even if they, you know, obviously they're still, they're still tainted with sin and they're not completely refined, mm-hmm. but we do bring mm-hmm. something to the table. We have our hammer, we have our wood, we have our paint, we have these, these skills. Yes, yes. And I think for us to be mm-hmm. able to True. say that out loud is important um, because that's good. I, we don't have to minimize what God is doing in and through us. I think as long as we point back to giving God the glory, that's fine. Um, and that's something that I think we, particularly with Truth Table, modeling that for Black women who have been told you're too much, um, yeah. but yet you're not good enough. Shoot. You're too much and you're still not good enough no, no, no. at the same time. Come I on. want Come sisters on. to grab a hold of, you know what? God is so redeeming good. that trauma to create in you a voice that's going to bless somebody. God is, God is Man. using that crazy academic experience experience where you were the only or the first black graduate of your graduate program. He, God is using that so that you can go into spaces. Amen. And, you know, nice a, and, and I'm nice one, too, actually, um, <laughs> to go my master's <laughs> program, but, but to go into places and to, and to do those types of things. And so I don't want to discredit the unbelievable gifts, for example, that Ty, that That's Tyler so has. That Tyler has as being someone yeah. who understands the yes. church um, from every vantage point and angle. Serves the yes, local church every yes. Sunday, that is that's real tangible vita resume <laughs> stuff right there
0: <laughs> that he
1: brings that's to bear nice. when he speaks. And so that and I can pick on each one of us and do that, but I don't want us to have to turn that's down that light because the Lord has has given us that.
2: I want to say, I mean, that's a right that's on a time word. word because I was just crazy. thinking about yeah. that. Um, in the context of my own. Pathologies and misfunctions mm. and whatever of, about um, the fact that we so seldom pause to celebrate our accomplishments and achievements. Um, I think that that, mm. that part of it for me is sort of not having a very deep understanding of you know what pride looks like and what gratitude looks like. Um, so within a Christian frame, if we sort of celebrate. Wow. what someone has done it is seen as a form of arrogance and pride and negative mm-hmm. rather than as you were saying see a form of gratitude giving glory to god that through me god has brought something positive helpful effective into the world that exactly. that god has enabled me to mm-hmm. do something and so You know, I, 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 I do think that's critically important. And as we record this podcast, our second or third crossover episode, you all have your own audience who, who is being extremely positively impacted. I could just tell from social media feeds and comments that people make both online and in person, uh, everywhere I go, somebody Mm -hmm. has listened to truth's table and Mm -hmm. subscribed and all that stuff, um, (laughs) is Similar with pass the mic, right? So just to pause and say, "My Lord, thank you for what you've yeah. been doing through this medium and through us as your followers." Just to pause and you know acknowledge and celebrate that accomplishment yes. and achievement uh, that that we're still here and we're doing it. Now, in a minute, I, I want to talk about the sacrifices entailed, but <laughs> 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 it, isn't it is important.
0: It is important
2: to encourage one another.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I'm actually really glad you brought that up, um, C and, uh, and that y'all have, uh, kind of expanded on that. Cause I think, I think that's one of the many beautiful traditions of the black church is testimony, mm. giving your I testimony like of, uh, we need we a doctrine of the testimony. The black church has that on lock. You know, of like trials, tribulations, or or even just victories of just what God has done. You know, and it was like, but God, what God has done through me, <laughs> how yeah. He's used me. You know, um, and like you you see that very clear evidence through the testimony. Now, some some of these testimonies can get a little wild sometimes. We don't, <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta scream the testimony for the saints give them.
1: <laughs> little you know, little Storytelling, storytelling,
0: but right, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I think that's that's one of the great witnesses and testimonies of. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, or, yeah, w- one of the great witnesses. I even say doctrines of the black church is the doctrine of the testimony and the power of the testimony. And I think that's something that we've, we we um, as black folks culturally um, are we we are predisposed to like being. Good at that, you know. I I don't think we always shy away from, um, from at least giving God the glory. But you're right that we do sometimes. I know that I do. I do tend to sometimes downplay my my own skills or whatever because I'm I want to make sure that, you know, I'm giving God the glory. But you're right. We come to this table equipped. (laughs) We come to this table as scholars and academics. We come to this table with our citations. We be knowing what we're talking <laughs> about. Um, and so And we are having a conversation. Um, and so a lot of people actually, I mean, to the point, a skillful conversation to the point where people actually think that we're scripted. I've heard this oh, several funny. times where people thought y'all have Y'all don't have notes. Y'all don't have. I don't think anybody's (laughs) accused
2: us of that, (laughs) Tyler. At least not me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But no, to to be fair, to be fair. Okay. I didn't
2: hear it. (laughs) To
0: be fair. Yes.
2: To be fair. So so we
0: come, we do. We come with our skill set. We do come with our knowledge by, you know, by God's grace. Um, And we try to... um, bring nuance, you know, and be effective and make sure that we'll, we're well read, you know, and that we bring the right um guests to the guests to the table, you know, that will help to kind of you know, uh, uh, that w- that will help to impart some knowledge, some wisdom, whatever, you know, holy ghost fire. But- Michelle so you know everybody you know we be talking at the table you know but unbeknownst to most people we do have our head in books oftentimes so we can talk so what is the book that you're currently reading girl I am
4: so excited that right now the evangelical theologies of liberation and justice entire primer that's edited from our friends at InterVarsity Press. I've been really glad to see that some of the contributors include Soong Chan Ra, Our Sis, Shaniqua Walker-Bonds, The Good Doctor, Um, And my homie Dominique, who um, we know has basically elevated and changed the game concerning the church's view of mass incarceration and the theologies that have served in different ways to keep that truth about racism and oppression just under the surface. I think a lot of these writers are doing the hard work that it takes to elevate and remind us that liberation theology is a very important part of evangelicalism. And to be honest, from my perspective, it might be one of the only things that'll save it. So I'm excited about that particular book. And I feel like our listeners could get excited about it too. What do you think, Echimony?
0: I think so. I think they're going to be excited just about the content, obviously, about who's contributing. I mean, the editors are May Elise Cannon and Andrea Smith. And so we have a special deal for our Truths Table sisters. So the deal here is you all are gonna get 40% off plus free shipping. When you go to www.ivypress.com/truthstable, get on this deal, y'all. You have some time because it expires December 31st, 2019. But get on it. Go to www.ivypress.com/truthstable to purchase "Evangelical Theologies of Liberation and Justice," edited by May Elise Cannon and Andrea Smith, and you'll get 40% off plus free shipping. Don't say we never gave y'all nothing. Hello. Can
2: we talk can we talk for a second about how hard this work is? <laughs> well,
0: yeah. Well, well actually yeah. actually well, actually before we even go there, I actually want the picking up on just not invalidating your own skills and things I think there there is an adjacent phenomenon that goes on um, with black folks, uh, particularly if they're in white spaces. So th- this need and I want you all to talk about this the need or this desire to or, or to feel like you're not valid until said white publication, said white, Acad- you know, academic, whatever, mm-hmm. or, or uh, academia, said white award show, whatever, you know, you could pick, you could pick it. You're <laughs> not your awards. work or you are not valid until this institution, this org, this publication sees me, right? Only, only when they see me, am I then seen. And so I would like for you guys just to talk about what that, you know, what that phenomenon is and what that's about, you know, um, because I think sometimes I, I see that quite a bit where people are out there. They're a bit bitter <laughs> because they weren't seen by some white org, you know, and it's like, but, you know, you could just start your own. Right. Or you could go to Jew three or you could go to pass the mic or you could go to the witness or, you, you know, what I'm saying so. Can you all just speak on that for a bit and then we'll get to the sacrifices because I'm um, yes. <laughs>
3: Well, and I think I think the reason why we get discouraged because of a lack of, you know, white acknowledgement or whatever it may be is because we connect that with opportunity and with increase. So we look at resources right. that yep. they right. might have that we don't right. natively have within our tradition, yep. and we say, Well, if I don't get on that space, wow. I won't get the opportunities, the funds, the resources necessary to advance mm-hmm. what God has called me to do. So there's there's almost it, it's it's a it's a twisted theology because what we're doing is we're we're ascribing, um, you know what they say in the black chur- black churches, you know, it's not your source like what even your your employer is not your source. God is your source. Like that's it's just that common refrain mm-hmm. of don't look to a person or an institution or majority culture to to validate and open up the coffers so to speak of resources that you don't think you can achieve and acquire on your own. Now there's, I think there are tactics related to that though, of how we leverage and marshal what we do and present that to people to partner with us. um, And how some of that is kind of Euro centered, even in the way that we present it to others, kind of having to justify the tangible benefit Mm -hmm. of every dollar that Mm -hmm. you have to go to this and that. So I think there's, there's connections there, but I, I think it's just because we think that's, That's going to get us into a room we won't be able to get into ourselves or that that room is where we're supposed to be to begin Mm. with, which is what Mm. should be questioned.
2: And Mm. I think some of it is sort of this internalized um, oppression that tells us the stuff that we have and we built and we created is not as good as what white people have and what they've built and they've created that that their stuff is yeah. truly legitimate, their stuff is mainstream, their stuff is is quote unquote where it's at. And so we build our own tables, but we but we're doing it to build our resume to get into that other place. Um to, to say, see, look, 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 I can do this. I can do this work and what I did. And we're never that overt about it. But I think what can subtly happen is that even as white people tend to look at the things that black people create by and for us as somehow inferior, even though that's erroneous, we too can can think that way as well. And so then the the come up Mm -hmm. means getting into their spaces and their organizations and getting what they've got, um, even though we may have built something completely stunning and um, able to stand on its own four legs, so to speak.
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I think that's real. And, you know, and I think for me, the tension is, and I've, I don't know if I've ever talked about this e on the show, but certainly I know you've heard me say it, that um, if I was not a believer, if I was not a <laughs> Christian Mm-hmm. every once in a while, the Lord gives me like yes, a glimpse of like, like, what would I really be like if, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's not so much that I think I would be like this, this caricature of what we think of like, uh, like of what, of what, like what's culturally bad. You know, I would probably, I would probably look like a very upstanding citizen, so to speak. But um, I know for a fact, I would be very, very siloed. I, I know that. For me, it is purely an expression of my faith. Now, it's not the only expression. I think we have a lot of liberty, but um, it is a principle that is expressed in this particular way at this moment in my life. It may not always be this way, but my Christianity calls me into um, a diverse world, Um, a a love of, of people of my own background, but it calls me to people outside of myself, both neighbor and enemy. That mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that crystal centric call is uh, is expressed in the spaces I'm willing to go. Now, with that being said, I don't think that white people are holier, smarter. <laughs> Um, clearer, mm-hmm. I mean, at all. And I think one of mm-hmm. one of the blessings I think that the Lord gave me uh, for almost about ten years was training and and doing family therapy with and and in the VA with uh, at times majority white caseloads. And it wasn't so much that I left like you know white people really jacked up, but what what I left with a real honest reality of you know that as somebody who grew up in a very, very black world in Baltimore, I grew up with a sense of like, "You know what? Yeah, white people are people. <laughs> And they got issues and they got right. their sin and mm-hmm. they got their problems and they got their trauma and they got their, their desperate ways that they try to hold on to power and status and belonging and identity in some ways even more uh, fervently than we do. Since whiteness is such a kind of a faux identity in of itself. Right. Mm. And so that that experience yeah. left me um not thinking that black people were better than white people, but also just being convinced of like, no white ice is not colder than black ice. And with that, it's allowed me to go into some different spaces and to call out things in our own kind of internalized racism. When I'm, when I'm around black folks who say things to me like, um, wow, you're just so sound. Like, thank you for being so, (laughs) to me, to me, to me, that's the equivalent of good hair, bad hair. And it, it tr- it triggers yeah. me deeply. It's like, oh, you, well, you got the good hair, Christina. Mm-hmm. It's it's, and I'm like, well, that's because mm-hmm. I my family structure. You're saying that because my family history includes rape by European men, and so that's why you're saying that, st- that statement. Mm-hmm. And likewise, you're calling my theology mm-hmm. sound because mm-hmm. you're picking up on the Eurocentric Reformed elements of it. But let me introduce you to some other pieces of it that represent the Eastern Church, right?
2: Yeah, gotcha. sure. And I and I, wow. and I think.
1: But I think to be able to say that out loud and I, and I think our black brothers sisters don't yep. i don't think they know that they are expressing that to me in that they moment, but that them, is yeah. what gets triggered this whole sound good hair thing and I'm not saying there isn't a such thing as orthodoxy, but mm-hmm. orthodoxy is a is a um it's a calibration that the Holy Spirit works in us through the word of god mm-hmm. it's not it's not being more eurocentric or more afrocentric not being more liberal versus being more conservative it is it is the Holy Spirit. Um, Fine tuning us, shaping us, sanctifying us, and helping us to see God's word as God would want us to see it, and that doesn't that doesn't fit neatly into one of these poles yeah. or one of these cultures or one of these categories. So, um, exactly. yeah, that's what comes up for me exactly. when I in this at this point in this conversation.
0: That's good. Yeah, and orthodoxy is globally, it, it, it has a universal global um, um, orientation to it, right? It's mm-hmm. a global church, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're saved unto God, but unto one, any, one mm-hmm. another, you know? And so uh, so we don't, American Christians certainly don't have the corner market on Christian orthodoxy. My <laughs> word, we're like some we of
1: the youngest of
0: thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need a revival up in this John, but... Uh, uh, that's another podcast. Uh, so, but yeah, so that, so anyway, so we don't have the <laughs> corner market, you know, on, on that, you know, you want to learn some uh, orthodoxy. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's pull on our Ethiopian and Eritrean brothers and sisters. Let's pull on our, 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 our sisters and, and brothers in, in, in North Korea, um, you know, all over, you know, so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's good. Okay. So what about the struggle? The not the struggle table, but the str- <laughs> although I know about the struggle table, um, <laughs> the struggles in building the table, maintaining the table, like what say y'all, Jamar? I know you got some thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> my 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 burden is this: is that people would count the cost. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that people have, have different calls and even different, uh, seasons of life with different calls, uh, that, that would put you into majority white spaces. And that may be where you need to be. Um, but if you want to build your own table, meaning building your own organization, your own platform, your own blog site, whatever it might be, there are costs to do this with integrity, I think. So, um, the witness, uh, you know, when we were the reformed African American network, Tyler hates when I bring this up, but um we have a history and uh, <laughs> I, I, I as a student of history I, I, I never want to forget that um, and we have a history that we were we were the darlings of white evangelicals and white evangelical institutions because we talked about race a certain way that wasn't that challenging that that right. that, that didn't require much change on the part of the majority right but then when we when we did start you know, code switching, if you will, and and bringing up matters of justice and and the fact that you know um, this stuff isn't just window decoration or aesthetics. We're talking about equity. We're talking about power. All of these things. Well, our relationship with these organizations changed very much. Um, and it's not that we had personal animosity or beef with with any individual, but it became costly for them as an organization to associate with us. And um, what that has meant is we lost money we left we have left and continue to leave so much money on the table mm. that could fuel this work right i mean yeah. there's a there's a way to think about it to say well i take this money it's going to it's going to help me do xyz um i think i think you know we can't really make blanket statements we have to think very critically about each organization but my point is, um, Tyler and I and everybody on the witness team, we've had discussions about whether accepting help from an organization it could be monetary, it could be in terms of platform, it could be any number of ways. Mm-hmm. Whether accepting help from this organization, knowing their racial stances was was um, was healthy for us uh, was. Uh, Consistent with the message that we were trying to put out of dignity and uh, equality for black people. So I just want folks to know, like, there's going to be situations where you're going to even see other black people associating with these folks or these organizations or quoting these people or reading these books. And you have to think really carefully about what that means for your table, and if you continue to be dependent in some ways on a, a lot of these organizations and institutions, is it really your table? And that's the question that we constantly have to ask ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because every—I mean, every acquisition of resources is an expression of value. So every partnership, like whenever you partner, you're expressing value in something that they do, and so our. I think our biggest struggle, if I had to kind of reduce it down, isn't just necessarily the funding aspect, but it's also the vision aspect, which is we have to see beyond the next five years. Like we have to see generationally and we have to see each other generationally as well. So that means us partnering with, you know, said organization could be a guarantee, quote unquote, but us partnering with someone who looks like us, who doesn't have the same platform resources, doesn't have the same uh, brand recognition, is and is is vision to see you 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 are at this place, but together we can progress um, further than what either of us expects. And so I think we have to have if you're going to start a table, you have to have a vision that's long term, long game vision. And I think a lot of us we want to start tables, but it's it's because we see a a, a space or we say, well, this is a market that we can tap into. I I hesitate to to completely dismiss that, but I think there is an element of we have to look at this through spiritual theological eyes to see beyond just simply the brass tacks marketing and business aspect of it and to see what is god doing as a movement what is he doing in the spirit and how can i partner and be a part of that to create a space that will exist beyond me so so i think there's also this um, really important thing that Jamar was talking about. And as he talks about history, I think we also have to talk about not just the past, but the future. And so I, I believe as we set up a table, as we try to build a table, we have to have a vision for what's actually happening. And so one of the difficult parts is not looking at the short-term implications of the work, but the longer-term implications of the work and how we partner and and the vision of what it is, not just the space space, from kind of more of a business or market perspective, which I think is important um, in its own space, in its own way. But I think not just looking at the market for it, but looking at the vision for it and what is God doing spiritually? What is God doing um, in a particular movement? And that's what Jamar did. And so when Jamar took a look at what was happening in his section of Christianity and wanted to do something about it, he didn't know that it would take him to where he is now, but he had vision to see beyond his current space. And also that I think gives us the, the wisdom and it also gives us the humility to adapt as necessary. Um, and also the vision to see other people who can add to the table in ways that we can't, who can construct a side of the table in ways that we didn't think um, was possible. So so I would say that vision, if you're going to build a table, you must have a vision and you must have a vision of how this work will be perceived beyond this current moment, not just as you see other people taking right. opportunities.
2: That's right. And, and, and on that vision tip, it's always going to be tempting to sign on to what a predominantly white organization is doing so if they want to start something new it's going to look attractive because they have resources they may even have a roadmap because they've done something similar before mm-hmm. and the only thing i have to say is before you sign on with that predominantly white organization um think about whether similar work is being done by black people
1: right
2: and and can mm-hmm. you get on board with that and the vision aspect comes in because Many times, because of a history of racial inequality, uh, Black-led organizations aren't going to have the same resources, aren't going to have the history that's as long, etc., etc. It's going to seem harder in the moment, but don't just look at the moment. Have that vision to see what could be if, in solidarity, we work together as Black people and people of color to build our own table, because it might just be two or three people doing... Um, a podcast, right, or or uh, a blog, or whatever it might be. But then when we start adding on, Tyler calls this Voltron. You know, we we, we, we <laughs> when we combine our powers, uh, we become um, a force to be reckoned with. But that can't happen unless we have these early adopters with the courage and the vision to sign on to something that is not manifest as as a as a fully realized reality yet, but could get there with. Yeah. Cooperation from from each other. And
3: also, though, what you're talking about is it requires you not to downplay the contribution that you're making to the broader narrative of black Christianity of our particular ethnic affiliation and our people, our kinsmen, because you know, we can look at it and say, well, it's just a podcast, but it's part of it is we're continuing an oral tradition that started long before us. And so the oral tradition of Mm -hmm. our space and of our people continues in us. It's just a different medium. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. just can't downplay it and say, "Well, yeah, I'm just doing a podcast, and then I'm doing this, and I'll just join up with them." Because, and well, there's a specific, there's a particular specific tradition that you can tap into when you're connected to your brothers and sisters who are also a part of your own ethnic identity. And it's not to say you can't partner, but it's to say that there's something unique and special when we cross over. There's something unique and special when we partner together, Um, and that's. that's part of the Voltron, but it also unlocks something in you that, you know, may not be able to be unlocked in a different space.
0: Yeah. And it's about legacy building. And I think you have to, um, in order to decolonize, Mm -hmm. you have to begin to, um, put the um, colonial situation into question. That's the first step is really to begin to question like, huh, why do I see this organization, just white organization as more valuable than X organization, a black organization, organization that's doing the same thing, or a black woman led organization that's doing the same thing. You know, so that's, you know that's for the brothers who who might pass over uh, a, 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 a black woman or organization simply because it's led by a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that we have to begin to ask ourselves, interrogate, sorry, um, ourselves and our own um, mentality with regard to you know how we perceive um, uh, our work and and the work of other people. And so, see, I want to kick it to you and ask you about like how how do we extend the table? What does that look like for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think I think about this also from. Um, I hope I think about it from a, a kind of a Christocentric and, and Christotelic perspective, right? In the ways that it points to Christ, what we what we extend to others, and that and that is what Christ has done ultimately for us. Christ, is the great extender, extending from heaven to earth, right? And also the church itself reflects this amazing dynamic extension of of inclusion. And so, as much as I, you know, and you know, I'm all about the, you know, HBCU, two time graduate, Black sorority, Black city, Black, 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 um, <laughs> truth table, you know, it's a, black, it's three Black women doing a thing. Um, at the same time, I know that, um, I have an obligation to think about, um, how do we, how do we extend the table to connect with different people? Uh, different ideas, different platforms, different gifts and abilities um, so that we can, tr- at our bottom line, point to Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, it's afforded us, if I think about Truth's Table, it's afforded us the ability to certainly foremost center uh, the voices of Black Christian women, but it's also allowed us to connect with in meaningful ways um People outside of that demographic profile, yes. and it's yes. allowed yes. us as a, a podcast to connect with artists, musicians, and dancers, and business yes. people, and academics, and um, and that's what I mean by the extension of the table, the openness of the sure. opportunity, inviting people in, and and I know that my brothers have something that coming soon. That speaking of the extension extending of the table, can you guys tell us a little bit about what we have to look forward to coming up very soon?
2: the joy and justice conference
0: Goodness, wow. <laughs>
2: sounds dramatic hey, hey. and bold just hey, like Sean, the conference Sean. is <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we we are We are doing our very first national conference. And uh, in God's good timing, it comes on the 400th anniversary since Europeans brought people of African descent to the coast of colonial Virginia in 1619. Mm -hmm. So we are uh, talking about continuing the journey of Black joy and justice from 1619 to 2019. And so, um, you know, many conferences these days are talking about justice, which I think is great. You know, what does it look like to live in an equitable society? How do we bring that about? But the black experience has not been one simply of struggle. There's also been joy in the midst of it. Somehow we found ways to fall in love and raise families or, or come up with music and yeah. dance moves and uh, art and poetry and just live life Um, not always thinking about the racial oppression that we're surviving under. So we want to highlight that aspect, too. We've got a great lineup of speakers um, that you can check out on the website, joyandjustice.com. It's happening. Including
3: some that are on this podcast, too, by the way. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, we're we, going to be in the house.
2: If you want to hear our voices, everyone on this podcast voice again, um, then then come to the conference October 4th and 5th in Chicago. Uh, you can register at joyandjustice.com registration. Visit visit joyandjustice.com October 4th and 5th in Chicago. We hope to see you there. Anything to add, T?
3: Yeah, I would just mention that we are at the historic Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, um, which is the birthplace of gospel music in the American context. Um, So this idea of building our own table and also not just looking at um, maybe majority culture venues uh, was also something that we wanted to emphasize and we wanted to lean into And so we picked a location that meant something to our tradition. And we hope that if you come in, you feel the tradition um, in that church. Um, It's a historic building and it's beautiful. And so there are a lot of opportunities for us to tap into that, even as we talk about the location um, and the space that we're in. You know, Willie Jennings says space is the arena of divine meeting. So we believe God is going to meet us in that space. Um, So yeah, come on through, joyandjustice.com.
0: Come through, y'all. I'm um excited to come. I'm um still preparing my talk. Pray for a sister. <laughs> but I'm excited to uh go to joy justice and worship with my brothers and sisters and um you know and just um uh, glorify God uh through teaching. So uh I'm excited and thank you. We're excited for- to
3: hear that talk though. We not even look. I'm excited too, uh, also. Ready? We got, come on. We just.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm also excited to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Holy Ghost. (laughs) I'm like, me too. (laughs) I'm also curious about this. You know. So, you know, pray, pray, pray. But um, we're excited. Register, y'all, show up. It's Chicago. Tyler and Jamal have put in a lot of work um to make this conference happen. It is not easy to put on a conference. So y'all come, show love, support. Pray, 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 pray. And if you can't, consider sponsoring um, somebody who can't afford to come. How about that? So uh, so, anyways, thank you, Jamar and Tyler, our oh, Pastor Mike crew, for yes. joining us at the table. Thank you, thank you. Um, and of course, to our sisters at the table, we want to thank you for taking a seat at the table with us, too. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about building tables using the hashtag Truth's Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth's Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth's Table has a Patreon account now, so you can send your love offerings to www.patreon.com slash truthstable Or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is www.paypal.me slash Truth's Table. Truce Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemi, Michelle, Christina, and Tyler and Jamal this time for Pass the Table. We'll see you soon on the next Truce Table. Bye, y'all.